You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. So 2019 is the year of decisions. The beginning of the year is a time where you reflect on 2018, you reflect upon the past, you start thinking about 2019. And during the season, you have to do some self-examination. It's very important to do some self-examination. To evaluate yourself, not to shine the spotlight on the people around you, but to take that spotlight and shine it on yourself. To test yourself to see whether you are in faith. Because remember, the only thing that pleases God is faith. So you have to test yourself to see whether you are in faith. Because everything that's not of faith, the Bible says it's sin. So if you start this year with doubt and unbelief, you're starting this year sinning. How will you end? Turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 13 verse 5. Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Turn to the person and say, you're going to have to write a test. People say, I don't want to go through a test. If you don't go through a test, God will test your heart. So why don't you start by testing yourself to see whether you are in faith? Because if you're in faith, you know you're pleasing God. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Family, listen to me. You have to do self-examination. No person is more dangerous than a person that's not allowed to go through self-examination. Or a person that lives an unexamined life. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs 18 verse 1, A person that isolates himself seeks his own desire and rages against all wise judgment. Remember Daniel, they got private investigators to investigate his life and they could find nothing wrong except one accusation. He serves the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. What an accusation. Even the king said, the God whom you serve continually is the one who will deliver you. Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you are disqualified, but I trust that you will know that we are not disqualified. Family, if you want to be a Christian in 2019, then be a Christian. God will test your heart. People look outwardly. Look at verse 7. Now I pray to God that you do not do no evil. Not that we should appear approved. It's not about appearing approved on the outside. But are you approved on the inside? That's the big question. Because God will test your heart. Many of us on the outside want to appear approved. So we put on a mask. We are fake. We're not real. Most people want to seem more spiritual than what they are. With a big Bible. This big Bible doesn't mean anything if it's not in your heart. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's easy to listen to a sermon. 
but it's very difficult to live a sermon. It's easy for a pastor to preach a sermon, but it's very difficult to live a sermon. Because now your words and your actions start to line up with each other. Can you see the need for self-examination? Now I pray to God that you do no evil, not that we should appear proved, but that you should do what is honorable. Though we may seem disqualified, for we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. God's word is the truth. You can do what you want to. The truth will be the truth. Facts can change, but the truth, God's word, will never change. So as you do self-examination, you have to get to a place in your life where you say, enough is enough. I cannot go on the way I've been living in the past. If I want my life to change and to be better, I'm going to have to change. Few things are more dangerous than a person living an unexamined life. I must be my brother's keeper to look out for one another. If you've put yourself through the test to see whether you are in faith, now it's very quiet. That's why you're in church this morning. Amen. So that we can reset your faith and help you. We have to make a decision. You know, your neighbor, everybody is saying this person goes to church every week. But there's a difference going to church and really being submitted and committed. Because if you come to church, you must be prepared to change. That means when you come to church, you have to be ready to repent. So if you come to church just to sing, just to worship, don't you think God looks at your heart and He sees that? Make a decision that when I come to church this year, it's to worship God in spirit and in truth. Many people come to church and say, I'm looking for a good Husband, I hear there's some nice, and you would, Jesus, I love you. But you're looking for the love of your life. Say, I'm going to change. Enough of praying with your mouth, but the word of God is not in your heart. So we have long prayer meetings, but we're praying our own desires and not the desires of God according to the word of God. A lot of lip service, but where's the life service? If we say we're going to meet relevant needs in our community and we hear about a special needs school that needs help and it's around the corner from us and we know it now, the Bible says if you know to do good and you don't do it, it's sin. Come to church, experience God's presence, say, Jesus, I love you. But as soon as you walk into that first meeting on a Monday, the focus is not on Jesus anymore. The focus is now on the world and how the world does things. So what's really changed in your life? It's time to change. God looks at your heart. He will test your heart to see what's going on in your heart.
When God led the Israelites out of Egypt into the wilderness, the Bible says it was to test them to see what's in their hearts. They were free, set free from bondage, from defeat, from failure. But they were complaining, murmuring. Turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians 2. Turn to the person next to you and say, get ready to change. Tell them you cannot continue like this. Family, listen to me. After doing self-examination, after doing self-examination, allowing the spotlight to shine on the inside, and seeing what is going on here will determine what kind of a person you'll be this year. But if you don't do any self-examination, nothing has to change. Now I can continue to blame my wife, my situation, and my circumstances. But if I do self-examination, then I can see, okay, what's going on here? Because God looks at your heart. He tests the motives of your heart. Jeremiah 17, verse 9 and 10 tells us that the heart is desperately wicked and deceitful above all things. The Lord tests the heart. He searches the hearts of man to give to everyone according to their doings. So a lot of things that you do from a natural point of view might look fabulous and great. And people will praise you. But God looks at your heart to see what is your real motive for doing what you're doing. You can come to church every Sunday. People say, oh, this person is committed. He's always here. But your motive is to spy out girls. To spy out guys. To look for a business partner. What's the difference between going to that meeting to... Meet a business partner and coming here to meet a business partner. Yeah, at least you know the people are Christians. Maybe they won't cheat me. No, no. If somebody comes with that same heart and attitude, that same kind of spirit, the two of you might link up. Then you start blaming the church. Saying, can you believe it? I did this business deal and I met this person in that church. But your motive was never to worship God. You went to church to meet a business partner. Very quiet now. Amen. 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 2. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. And though we had already suffered greatly in Philippi, when we were shamefully mistreated, we were emboldened by faith in our God to fearlessly preach His wonderful gospel to you in spite of incredible opposition. Our coming alongside you to encourage you was not out of delusion or impure motives. What's your motive in wanting to meet somebody? Because God looks at your motive. Man will look at your actions. God looks at your motives. You, even yourself, when you have a disagreement with somebody, you judge people on their worst actions. 
Can you believe what this person did to me, pastor? And you justify yourself on your best intentions, your best motive. I just wanted to help them. I was the friendly one. This person said this and this. You can Hello? <laughs> but God looks at your heart, at your motives. But you look at people's actions. Said when we came to you, encouraged you, and was not out of some delusion or impure motives or an intention to mislead you, but we have been approved by God to be those who preach the gospel. So our motivation to preach is not pleasing people, but pleasing God who thoroughly examines our hearts. God looks at your heart. 1 Peter 5, you can go read it from verse 2 to 5. When he talks about pastors, elders, he says, Shepherd the flock of God which is among you, eagerly, willingly, not for dishonest gain, nor ruling over people. A pastor may not preach to you for dishonest gain, help you for what he can get from you. Lord over your life that you cannot make your own decisions. It's time to view your life in the light of God's Word. God who thoroughly examines our hearts. God is our witness that when we came to encourage you, we never once used cunning compliments as a pretext for greed, nor did we crave the praises of men, whether you or others, even though we could have imposed upon you your demands as apostles of Christ. Instead, we showed you kindness and were gentle among you. We cared for you in the same way a nursing mother cares for her own children. Many people are facing challenges in their lives. Stagnation in their lives. Frustration in their lives. Anguish in their lives. Do you know why? Because you're confused. You're wondering if I'm a Christian or not. You have an identity crisis. On Sunday, you come to church and it's hallelujah, Jesus, we praise you, we love you. We want to live for you. But as soon as Monday comes, you're somebody else. You even hear people say spiritual things. You know, I've got my kingdom cap on now, but now as we do business, I've got my businessman cap on. What does that mean? You're now in the kingdom of God and now you're in the kingdom of business in this world. And people are confused. You're looking towards God, then you're looking towards the world. Money is one of the things that have confused people more than anything else. Because God wants to bless you. If you read Matthew 6, Jesus says, Your Father in heaven is aware of the fact that you need all these things. That you need clothes, that you need transport, that you need money. He's aware of it. He knows it. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And He will add all these things. But we want all the add-ons first. We've come for the add-ons because we are desperate. And you're confused. Have an identity crisis. Who am I? Am I now a son of God? Am I not a son of God? Because you look to God, then you feel, oh, Jesus loves me. I'm a son of God. I'm blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. I'm saved. I'm healed. I'm delivered. I'm a life-giving spirit. 
you confess it, then you walk into your office fighting. Now suddenly, oh. What do you think? David faced a giant. But he remained in that realm of victory in Christ Jesus. You know what is the problem? If David made it personal, the devil would have defeated him. Listen to me. If David made it personal, the devil would have defeated him. The giant would have killed him. But David said, you're not coming against me. You're coming against my God. It's not personal. I'm the one that will have the victory. Not because of me, but because of my God. Listen to me. When he sinned, when he messed up, what was the first thing that he prayed? Do not let your Holy Spirit depart from me. Because he knew he was not a giant slayer. He knew he had a friend in the Holy Spirit that disposed of giants for him. Get his identity. But we go in. Giant, you want a piece of me? You want to try me? And we want to fight battles ourselves. And you wonder who you are. Am I now a son of God? Does God really want to bless me? Does God really want to help me? What does Corinthians say? 2 Corinthians 3, from verse 16. When one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And we all... Turn to the person next to you and say, we all. The body of Christ. Not you on your own. We all. We all, as we behold into this mirror, are being changed from glory to glory. Family, listen to me. You don't change on your own. If you're on your own and you isolate yourself, you're going to become weird. The Bible says the mistake, James 1, verse 24, the Passion Translation says, what happens is you look into the mirror of God's Word who tells you who you are, and as soon as you leave, move away from this, you forget your divine origin, that you are the greatest product of the Holy Spirit. You are made in God's likeness and God's image. You were never designed to be a sinner. You were designed, you were made, you you were created to act with God, to plan with God, to walk with God. That's what the manual says. You read this, then you focus upon the world. And the world has got one attack on you, and that's to doubt your sonship. And now you become confused, become frustrated. You wonder, should I be a Christian or not be a Christian? Go look at Joshua in Joshua 24. He said to the people, you can decide what you want to do, but I've decided. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. They said, we want to serve the Lord. He said, you cannot serve the Lord because you have other gods in your life that you're accommodating. Decide who you want to serve. In 2019, decide, make a decision whether you want to be a Christian or not and get your focus back on God. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Family, listen to me. The man at the gate, beautiful. The man at the gate, beautiful. He's lame, he's paralyzed. Where do they put him? They put him in front of gate, beautiful. Who is the beautiful gate? It's Jesus Christ himself. The beauty of heaven. It's Jesus. 
They're putting him against the gate beautiful. With his back against gate beautiful, Jesus. He's using the gate as a crutch. Leaning against it, but he can never enter into the temple. Leaning with his back against gate beautiful, Jesus. Looking at people that can give him money. How many people today are leaning against Jesus and looking for money? You know that gate beautiful Jesus walked past that man his entire life and never prayed for him once. It was Peter that came to him and said, My brother, silver and gold I do not have. But what I have in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, get up and walk. You know what he was saying to him? He was saying, it's time for you to forsake your ways of keeping your focus on money. How do I know that? Because the Bible says he was expecting them to give him something. He said, I'm not here to give you money. I know you have got your eyes on money, but I'm not here to give you money. It's not about silver and gold. What I have in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, get up and walk. Go read it. The man did not get up and walk. Go read it. He didn't get up and walk. Peter had to pick him up before strength entered in. If your focus is on money, it will paralyze you. That even when God wants to do a miracle and you hear the word of God says, get up and walk, because your focus is on money, you'll remain paralyzed there. The greatest gift of a believer is not to have money. It's not to have gold. The streets in heaven one day, is, well, the, the Bible teaches the streets in heaven are made of gold. I've never heard anybody run in the church and say, Pastor, I have to tell you something. The streets here are made of tar. They start kilometers and kilometers of tar. And nobody's come in and told me how excited they are about the roads here. Yes, we know. We drove on the roads when we came here. It's tar roads. Do you think the angels freak out about the roads in heaven? No. Why? Job teaches us. Job 22. The Lord is your silver and the Lord is your gold. Why is he saying that? Family, listen to me. We sometimes put our focus so much on the gift that we don't realize the greatest gift is Jesus Christ. The giver of the gift is more important than the gift. With your gift, you can impress people. With your talent, you can entertain people. But with the anointing, you'll change lives. That means your gift can go to your head and your talent can deceive you. That you think, if I can just get this, I've arrived. And you'll keep your focus the whole time on that. People just say, if you just do this and this, and you get to this position, you have this much money, then you'll be somebody. People that live with their focus on the things of the world, it's a big empty pit. You'll never be satisfied. You'll always want more. Always want to go bigger. And God wants to take you from glory to glory, but your focus will be on the wrong thing. Remember the scripture that I opened with, Habakkuk. 
says, though everything goes wrong. There's no vineyard, there's no olive oil, there's no new cattle. He's saying there's no new business. The savings are gone, the economy is down. The business that I had got taken away. I don't even feel God's presence. He says, yet I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. Why? Because salvation is the greatest gift. If you have salvation, you'll have peace in your heart. You'll have joy in your heart. Then it doesn't matter what storm you are facing, you'll have peace. That's the greatest gift. That's the greatest gift. We have to change. Don't look towards the world. Make a decision to look towards God. Turn with me in your Bibles to Habakkuk 3. Do you know why many Christians and even many pastors' children don't serve God? Because the pastor has identity crisis. Why many Christians' children sometimes don't serve God? Because the parents have an identity crisis. What do I mean by that? You come to church and you say, loving God, loving people. And we're here to love Jesus and we're here to love people. But when you go home, you behave contrary. And your children look at you and they think, does this man have an identity crisis? In church he says, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. But when I get home, it's curse you, curse you, curse you, curse you. What your children see here is what they must see at home. Don't have an identity crisis. Now it's very quiet. The way I am here is the way I should be in the office, is the way I should be at home. Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Because Jesus' love does not change towards you. Imagine Jesus' love changing towards you. Make a decision to be constant in this year. Habakkuk 3. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet. And he will make me walk on my high heels. If we don't allow God to lead us, those things are all just distractions. For you to focus on the wrong things. He said there, the Lord will make my feet like that of a deer and lead me on my high hill. When your focus is not on God, God cannot lead you. He says, lead me on my high hill, that which God has prepared for me. Many of us find ourselves at the end of our lives, we've run up against a high hill, but you find yourself on the wrong hill. You were looking at a good decision and not a God decision. And you've reached the top from a natural point of view, and everybody says it's so great, but what does it cost you? Family, God looks at our heart. This year is the year of decision, a decision to fall in love with Jesus again. Decision to say God is first. If you say you're in love with Jesus, 
it means you're in love with His Word. Only you will know if you're in love with His Word. Only you will know in your heart if you've made the Word of God the standard for your life. Only you will know if you view all your actions in the light of God's Word. It's there where God will test you. Even if you feel down, you say, Pastor, but you don't know what I'm going through. I have pain in my body. Family, even if you have pain in your body, don't change your confession. The Bible teaches us by Jesus' stripes we are healed. Amen. 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 Isaiah 53 verse 5, go read it. You might find yourself where you're drowning. Just like the waves are coming over your head. Have you felt like that? God will never teach you how to swim and then let you drown. Isaiah 43 teaches us that it feels like the waters are coming over your head. feels like flames are coming from all different ways. God will protect you. God will keep you. He'll be with you. Don't change your confession. God said you're the head and you're not the tail. He said you're going over. You're not going under. Amen? If you feel... You're being defeated from all different sides. Hold on to your confession and say, I'm more than a conqueror. Amen? Amen. Romans 8, verse 32. You're more than a conqueror. Because the greatest conqueror lives on the inside of you. Jesus Christ. You can keep your peace. The first thing the devil will do is he'll make you doubt your sonship. Does Jesus really love me? Amen. Have you gone through that? Why am I going through this? Or even somebody will come and say, you say you're a Christian. How can you say God loves you and you're going through this? My friend, that's a trap of the enemy. God the Father loved Jesus and he allowed him to go to the cross. That's just for free. But there was glory afterwards. Amen. It's not over yet. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's not over yet. So whatever decision you are making, listen to me. If unrighteousness is coming your way, continue to plant righteous seeds. Don't be fooled by the devices of the enemy and say, Jesus, step aside. Let me just sort out these guys quickly. You'll be planting unrighteous seeds, which means an unrighteous harvest will come up. If you've decided to be a Christian, be a Christian. And start planting those righteous seeds in every situation. Plant the righteous seeds. Plant the righteous seeds. That means you can only have a righteous harvest. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things will be added. He who knew no sin became sin so that you can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man that avails much. So this year, make a decision to fall in love with the Lord Jesus Christ. Family, that which you are seeking, you have to look beyond that. That which you are seeking, whether it's healing or deliverance or breakthrough. This is healing, breakthrough, deliverance. Everything that you need, that you are looking for, Jesus died on the cross for it. So if you don't, this is Jesus. This is what Jesus wants to give you. 
in whatever you are looking for, you have to look beyond this to this. Most people just look to get the gift. Say now, I say, I want money. Lord, bless me, give me money. If my motives is just for myself and I receive this, I will not be able to maintain this because I need Him to help me to maintain this. It's when I maintain this relationship with Him. So I have to look beyond this to here. Now I can maintain it. Just hold it again. That's why you have many people in the church they are coming back now for what they previously received because they couldn't maintain it. They tried to maintain this, the blessing. You don't maintain the blessing. You maintain the relationship with the gift giver, not the gift. You receive it by faith. You maintain it by grace. Grace is a person and his name is Jesus Christ. Siela. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.